Welcome to the Strategic Boardroom, Insights from Thought Leaders, where we speak to experts in organizational leadership, human capital management, and business strategy. We hope you enjoy this episode brought to you by Bullseye Engagement, a leading provider of cloud-based employee development and strategic business software solutions. According to the Secretary of, of Labor, Walsh, he's labeled this an unprecedented He's labeled this time as unprecedented. He's indicated that that the behaviors of both job seekers and job posters have changed radically. In-person jobs are regarded as higher risk to many employees and employers. The need to have someone present for a child who is home virtually learning outweighs the desire to enter or return to the workforce. And employees are looking at their jobs as too negatively impactful to their health and to their home. There's a growing chasm between jobs that can and will be, promote, will be performed remotely and those jobs which by nature of the work require on-site work. There's a return to work um, hesitancy. There's anxieties about that are palpable that, that are affecting many um, employees as they contemplate um, whether or not to return to the office or if they've been forced to return to the office, they continue to have anxieties about being there and they contemplate a job change for that reason as well. July, 2020 also, and I thought this was a really interesting um, factor. July, 2020 saw the single highest number of new business applications ever. (laughs) We had over 600,000 Americans choosing to pursue new business models of their own in one month. The sheer number of new entrepreneurs entering into the workforce and the impact that they're having um, is just astronomical. And it's just just an unbelievable statistic when you think about it. It Excuse me, for 2 million workers, mainly mothers or caregivers, they have to look at the risk gain calculation and have to decide if the risk is worth returning to the workforce or not. And many many are deciding if they are not ready to go. So shifting to major life changes, um, you know, some of these I think are, are, are obvious. I think some of these are things that we're seeing in the news left and right, um, and some of them not so much. One of the most significant things that our research revealed is there's a new perspective on work life and what requirements workers have um, around work-life balance. Most specifically, there's a real difference between how millennials, who are the largest group of of employees in the workforce right now, and retirees or potential retirees are viewing work-life balance. So oftentimes, job changes hinge hinge on that decision as well. Um, Is there the flexibility for me to work from home or work remotely, and is my employer willing to have that discussion with me? The other thing to think about is that the structure of households, many households have changed indefinitely. As as many have lost an income producer, they've become caregivers, they're balancing school and childcare issues at levels they've never experienced before. Additionally, Barron's reports that many families have used the pandemic to save in ways they never saved before. And again, to make lifestyle changes that they hadn't anticipated hadn't previously anticipated making, becoming them becoming sustainable then on one income rather than two. When we think about mental health, we have in the pandemic, we have to think about that um, in a way that 
I don't think we've ever had to think about before as employers or as leaders and organizations. Um, the concern specifically, the anxieties and the angst around the pandemic itself, coupled with all the other concerns and or stressors that our workers have um, is really tangible and palpable. Um, most studies record uh, that it's it's one of the one of the biggest um, uh, outcomes, if you will, of the pandemic is is workers reporting a higher level of anxiety, a higher level of stress, impacting their mental health. It's also altering then the dynamic between the employer and the employee, right? Um, it, it we're seeing workers now insisting um that or seeking environments that they feel are more supportive and responsive to their needs the sheer number of new vendors oops excuse me apologies the sheer number of vendors who have emerged in this space of overall mental health wellness corporate wellness organizational wellness um, really also suggests that there's there's a radical increase in the in the demand. I don't know about the rest of you, but on a daily basis, I know I'm receiving information from all sorts of um, new platforms, software, services where they're really focused on how do we create and how do we um, support a conversation in the workplace around mental health wellness. So I said a minute ago, we talk about ge um, generation comparisons and, and let's take a look at um, millennials against um, Generation X and the baby boomer or the traditionalists. Um, this data comes from SHRM. It was recently released in their, in their most recent HR magazine. Um, and it shows that millennials are the most anxious generation in the workforce and they are... Um, in many ways uh, unique in, in the types of anxieties that they have in the workforce. So when I thought about this and I started putting this presentation together, it occurred to me that in some ways, the pandemic kind of exasperated trends that we were seeing that were already impacting the job market and talent pools before the pandemic. I recall doing trainings, I recall attending workshops, going to conferences where there was a lot of discussion around the differences between the different generations, the five, six generations in workforces and the ways in which they viewed, valued um, and approached work. If you think about it, the pandemic just sort of accelerated many of those trends. So some of these will seem familiar to you. They're just more extreme than they used to be um, as a result of, of the pandemic. For instance, let's talk a little bit about millennials. Um, as I said, Sherm reports on job angst amongst the millennials to be greater than any generation before them. The oldest of the millennials, if you think about what their life experience has been, they've endured two economic downturns, the aftermath of 9-11, wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, and the COVID pandemic, not to mention things like emergent climate change concerns, massive student debt, domestic unrest, all of which result in a very different view of their employment and of their world. They're unique, they, they possess this unique combination of skepticism, distrust of institutions, feelings of entitlement, and a genuine demand for purpose in their lives. And it's forcing employers to look at the issues of benefits and compensations through a different lens. And as I said, some of these things were already there before the pandemic. 
It's just that the pandemic accelerated and, and made, made these issues more intense. If you recognize that they are the largest generation in, in the um, market and the largest cohort leaving via voluntary resignation, it becomes important to really think through these areas, these issues of concern for them, and really start to think about how you're approaching compensation and benefits, the culture of your organization, and its overall stated purpose in a way that they're going to hear it and that it's going to resonate for them. And then finally, their views on diversity and equity are much more, um, much more in, uh, important to them. It's, it's, a, it's a bigger imperative for them to work with an employer who has demonstrated a willingness to look at issues of diversity and inclusion in a very significant and tangible kind of a way. In fact, over 50% of millennials will report that they see systematic racism as widespread. And further, studies report that they also believe that it's continually reinforced by older generations continuing to stay in the workforce. And it's interesting. You know, I, 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 when I was preparing for this presentation, I did a fair amount of research. And that, that piece of research was one of the most intriguing pieces that I found. Um, was the idea that they carry with them um, a, a predisposition to perceive or a predisposition to identify systematic and, and systemic racism, and that they feel in many ways the barrier to overcoming that is really in um, the transition of older generations out of the workforce. Now, as someone who's not a millennial, I'm not so sure I'm particularly happy about that view. And as someone who knows a, a bunch of millennials, I'm not sure that that's true of every millennial. Um, but as I said, uh, both Sherman and actually Barron's reported on this, um, that it's, it's, a, it's a very significant piece for them. Over 65% of millennials indicate that they have or would change jobs um, if they perceived their employer had not addressed um, diversity and equity sufficiently to encourage change or to make sure that the environment uh, is diverse, inclusive, and accessible and equitable. If you look here too at the three areas that um, were measured in terms of job angst, if you look at feeling lonely and isolated, if you think about who are the millennials or what roles are the millennials most likely to play in the economy, Many of them are in the gig economy. Many of them are already in remote um, positions. And they're, they're feeling as a result of the pandemic far more isolated than they anticipated feeling as a result of, of, the, um, of the overlay of, of pandemic guidance and pandemic um, issues. They, more than any other generation, are wondering if they're being paid enough. And they, more than any other generation, are at a point in their life where they have mounting student debt and their projected wealth accumulations are trending far behind where they believe and where other generations have been at similar points in their life. And compared to other generations, they are acutely aware that they have options and they are even more as a result of the pandemic willing to exercise those options. They've seen the insecurity, they've seen the fluctuations that have happened um, in the job market as a further indication that they shouldn't be looking for an all things for the rest of their career type of a position. In fact, their pre-pandemic statistics what they, were that they were generally um, staying about 2.4 years 
um, in a role versus the general statistic of over seven years for baby boomers or traditionalists. Um, and experts are anticipating that that time frame for millennials will actually go down. It will actually become shorter. They believe that career progress is an entitlement and they often look to make changes to accelerate their career arc. So if they don't feel that they are moving quickly or quick enough within the, the organization's um, ladder, they will begin um, to become dissatisfied with where they are and they will um, look to make a move that will allow them a jump. On the opposite end of the spectrum, baby boomers are more likely to reevaluate the need to continue working. Um, many of them, as I said earlier, are in positions that have improved as a result of market change. Um, many have profited by the housing boom and um, have been looking for a trigger to retire. And the pandemic has done just that. It's sort of taken it out of a financial question. It's taken it out of a um, responsibility to my employer question. It's taken it out of a this is how I feel fulfilled and, and good about what I do and how I live my life. And it's brought it into a, I think I want to not be at work because I perceive it's not, there's, there's a higher risk for me from a health perspective. And then that demographic is more likely to experience illness or loss associated with the virus.